We hustle when we grind and get to where we're at Our purpose we will find so we gotta stay on track Wasn't easy for no one, life is tough we understand No, you're the chosen one, this is all part of the plan It's all part of the plan and it's game time Regardless of the struggle, man, we still grind Always motivated and hustle so we all rise Minority report, future bright so we all shine Let's go The views, thoughts, and opinions on this podcast are solely ours and do not reflect the institutions and organizations we are affiliated with. Welcome to episode one, networking. Please enjoy. Welcome everybody to the Minority Report. We are four soon-to-be PAs, all with different backgrounds, attending different programs, and we all have different life experiences. And we're just trying to bring awareness to various issues that affect different students in their journeys to becoming healthcare providers and throughout their journey in medicine. All right, fellas, so without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves to the audience. All right, so I'll start it off. I was um, born in Mexico and uh, moved to North Carolina when I was about four years old. I've always been interested in medicine. I thought I wanted to go the uh, medical school route, um, but I ended up getting interested in law school along the way, uh, ended up working as a programmer, and finally uh, discovered the PA profession uh, and my programming job. So now I'm a second year PA student, uh, getting ready to graduate in July, hopefully, and am very interested in giving back and helping others uh, get through those challenges that I faced um, as a Latino male. Okay, okay, that was good, Carlos. So I'm Carl, uh, white coat black, shameless plug, I know. I'm not sure if you can tell with my accent, but born and raised in Philly, Philadelphia, home of the cheesesteaks and uh, Rita's water ice. Uh, but I'm not a traditional, you know, student, meaning I didn't go the traditional route, high school, um, and then four years of college. I was the first to go to school in my family and pretty much had to figure it out. I went to six different colleges, uh, was in the military as a medic, and worked several jobs while in school and just to get to where I'm at, and I saw ways to go. Currently, I'm a I guess a second slash third year of PA student at Drexel University in Philly. All right, everybody. So my name is Aaron. I am a first generation Cambodian American, second generation PA. My dad's actually a PA as well. So that's my uh, interesting fact right there. Uh, hence the hashtag on all of my Instagrams, uh, PA like pops. So my father and my, my mom, they both came here as refugees from Cambodia. Uh, settled in Long Beach, and that's where uh, I was raised most of my life. You know, more to that later. Uh, I live in a different city currently, but um, currently attend a program down here in Southern California. And, uh, you know, for me, growing up as a Cambodian male in Long Beach, uh, there's a stigma, there's a status quo where, you know, Cambodian males don't pursue higher education, you know they typically join gangs or or barely graduate from high school, this and that. And for me, I wanted to break that status quo and, uh, you know, find a way to give back and and inspire uh, people who come back from people who come from my same background, people who come from, you know, the same area as me and just kind of show them that, 
there's a, there's a way for you to change not only your life, but your family's trajectory in life as well. And, uh, you know, for me, trying to inspire minority students to reach their goals has been um, my biggest uh, mission right now. And uh, through everything I'm trying to do, you know, again, trying to aspire to inspire everybody else. So I got a little bit of a Carlin Aaron in me. Um, my name is Sato. I'm a first generation Japanese. Um, I am still a Japanese citizen, so I'm not technically Japanese American. Um, I was born in Japan, moved to Virginia when I was four months, uh, moved to Ireland when I was six, did all my elementary school in Ireland, and then came back to the States to live in San Diego when I was uh, in seventh grade, and then pretty much stayed in SoCal all the way up until I got into PA school at Duke in North Carolina uh, two years ago. Um, pretty much my parents didn't go to school here. Um, I had an older sister, but we didn't really talk too much about school, so I kind of just bumbled through undergrad, graduated with a 2.6 GPA, applied to PA school six times. Um, on the sixth time, I got in three weeks before PA school started, and I got here. Um, my goal is just to try to help other people, so um, there's plenty of people that don't have guidance, um, kind of similar to what I did, kind of just bumble their way through school, and I don't want them to have similar experiences like I did where you have to apply six times, seven times before you get in because chances are some people will give up before they get there. And I want to prevent people from having to give up on their dreams just because, you know, the path may not be the smoothest always. So hopefully we as a group can help other people. Um, and if we can help one, two people, you know, not give up on their dreams, then I'll call it a success. Sorry, there's so many topics that we are looking forward to addressing and we are very excited to highlight all of these uh, minority voices in healthcare and kind of give them a platform to shine light on their communities and reach those students who are looking to, to break in but are facing all of these challenges uh, but for the first episode we will just uh, start off on touching on two topics the first one being um, the access barriers and struggles uh, minorities face and that we have faced personally uh, breaking in, into, into medicine. So uh, with that being said, I'm gonna have Carl talk a little right. bit about so, yeah. that access first. Access barriers and struggles, um, something I definitely can relate to. Um, being the first to go to school, you know, I didn't really have a blueprint um, on how this route was going to turn out. Um, and because of that, you know, in addition to, I had traditional parents who didn't believe in student loans and things like that. So. It took some convincing, but eventually they assisted with kind of co-signing, at least on my first year, you know, I was still a dependent student. Um, and then I turned it to something else, but that's another story. But my high school counselors, you know, I don't think people understand, you know, how big of a role they have in the path that we choose, you know, I believe. But mine pretty much told me, you know, get a trade. Um, and early college counselors repeatedly asked me, like, are you sure this is what, what you want to do? And I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So it kind of just made me go harder and kind of had to prove not only to them, but myself that essentially this is what I wanted. So that's pretty much it. Thanks. Uh, Sato, care to touch on that um, a little more too? For me, yeah. Um, and I was fortunate enough to not have so many financial barriers growing up. Um, my parents are pretty well off, so finances were never much of an issue until after I graduated from uh, undergrad when, um, you know, I tried to stand up more on my own two feet 
try to pay for school, you know, try to pay for uh, you know, the extra classes I had to take to raise my GPA, um, pay for application fees, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's where the financial barrier came into play because, I mean, we're out there making $10, $11 an hour and applying to PA school costs thousands of dollars each year, you know, having to fly to interviews, not that I had any interviews the first four years, but, you know, there's still, um, you know, CASPA fees, then you have supplemental right. fees, then you need to do volunteering hours, so you're losing money for not being able to work then, then you have, um, you know, you got to take the GRE, that's more money, um, coming up now, they have, you know, Casper, they got PA Cat. I mean, there's just a lot of, you know, different um, obstacles that are out there for, you know, people that really don't have the financial means to be able to apply to PA school. And it's really unfortunate because, you know, finances should never be a limiting factor for why someone can't pursue their dreams. Right. I think we can get uh, into another episode, just dive deeper into the whole financial aspect of it, but just kind of very broad what what would you say is the average cost of, of applying to to PA school? Eighty K plus. Oh. oh, to apply. Oh, to apply. Oh, that's another program. To apply, yeah. To apply, yeah. The program. A couple yeah, G's, yeah. I, I would say, yeah. It's definitely something you have to prepare yeah. for. Like it's 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 especially with uh. You know, if 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 you. Up, I was going to bring COVID into it and then lost the track. Um, but yes, it's, def it's definitely something to prepare for. Um, but anyway, Aaron, do you care to dive in into some of the obstacles you faced? Yeah, man. So, I mean, you know, when I tell people my dad's a PA, they automatically seem like, oh, dude's route was super easy. His dad's a PA. He's following the same footsteps, you know. But uh, they don't know the backstory where I was raised by my mom. You know, I visited my dad every so often. Uh, our relationship wasn't always, you know, strong until after my grandma passed away, after he moved down to the Long Beach area, um, after I attended, started to attend college and stuff like that. So uh, was, I got a taste of both worlds where, you know, my dad's a PA, life is good, but my single mother was, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, trying to raise me and my little brother. So, you know, I, I saw both sides of the spectrum. Um, and then that kind of also parallels with applying to programs, right? So the first time I was applying, you know, I didn't really have any friends going through the application cycle with me, uh, didn't have any real mentors, didn't have any guidance, really. And, you know, when my dad applied, he, he, applied to one program, it was like $30 for an application, you know, and it was like a, a paper application versus now, you know, got to put, got to send all your transcripts, got to send letters of rec, got to enter everything into CASPA. And obviously the cost is way more expensive as well. So, you know, he was, he was out of touch with applying to PA school. And so the first time I applied, I, again, didn't have any guidance, didn't have any mentors. Um, second time around though, you know, I surrounded myself with uh, PA students who I met through Instagram or social media or locally, um, PAs also that were practicing in the area that I connected with, uh, one of my mentors who will for sure have on one of our episodes in the future, um, just being able to connect with like-minded individuals or people who are familiar with the, the process who can help me navigate through CASPA. I thought that was 
a day and night difference. And, uh, you know, it showed going from zero interviews, my first cycle to, um, four interviews and getting into my top program. And so it, it really motivated me to realize, like, I have a story, I have a platform, I have a voice to be able to help these students also navigate because that is a barrier, you know, not having a mentor, not having somebody to really go through this process with because, you know, we, we all went through it. It's a daunting process. Like, we don't, you don't want to have to go through CASPA by yourself. Um, so, so that's that. But uh, for me, you know, I, I definitely enjoy trying to help and give back to other pre-PA students. All right. Uh, thanks, Aaron. I'm going to chime in as well, uh, just to kind of about my experience. Um, so I'm also a first generation uh, Mexican college graduate. Um, I'd say non-traditional because I was kind of dedicated. I had convinced myself that I was going to stick with programming and uh, kind of stick with that, move up and work me for a bigger company. Uh, and, I, and I liked what I did. But I think when it comes to, to higher ed, all of my life, it's been basically navigating or learning how to navigate the system on your own and trying to find friends who may be more informed or, you know, using the internet to try to understand the steps you need to take uh, to get where you want to go and to make sure you're on track, uh, figure out the cost, how are you going to pay for that? Uh, I was able, I was fortunate enough to graduate from undergrad without any debt. So going, considering going back to school was, was a huge decision for me because it was like, do I quit my job to go into debt? And then, you know, I guess kind of wait it out as a student again until there's more income coming in. It was, a, it was a terrifying decision at the time, but I, I have no regrets of making it. Um, nonetheless, so basically financial, cultural barriers from my end, um, and still trying to, I guess, navigate this whole, uh, healthcare scene being that I, you know, didn't grow up in healthcare or, and none of my family members did. So making the switch from a programmer to, to going into medicine, sometimes I get a little bit of the imposter syndrome because it's like. You know, do I really belong here? Um, I've, I've worked so much in tech, that's what I feel comfortable in. And now I'm making the switch with some of my classmates who are, you know, like, um, I mean, they've, they've worked in all kinds of capacities. Uh, one of my classmates is even a virologist. So here I am a programmer having nothing to do with healthcare. Uh, and now I'm trying to make the jump in. But anyway, uh, moving on to the next topic. Uh, Carl, do you mind sharing kind of uh, what your role has been in helping uh, students and, and how have you helped yeah, others expose sure, them so, into medicine? I, you know, I have several mentors, you know, who kind of reached out to me, you know, I was fortunate throughout the years to kind of build these relationships. You know, I try to tell people nowadays that how important networking is, you know, especially just how I met you guys through networking. Um, and so several of them kind of assisted me throughout the process. And I learned a valuable thing about paying the forward, something I never heard before. Um, so it's pretty much selfless service. You know, some things that we are taught in the military, 
and just doing things just out the kindness of your heart, essentially. Um, these people didn't have to do anything, you know, for me, but they decided to. And I took that information and now I'm like, well, how can I give back? Essentially by doing the same thing, paying it forward. You know, you kind of get to a point in life where you realize that life is bigger than you, bigger than yourself. And it's about um, others and kind of like together reaching a common goal. So the purpose of like my IG and my Instagram and other projects I work on is pretty much to provide a platform and a lead by example, you know, which is something I take pride in. Um, I feel like I have resources and knowledge that was given to me that might have helped me. I mean, that I know have helped me and I kind of feel obligated to pass that along. Yeah. That's fact, bro. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Aaron, what about you? Yeah, bro. So at MBKU, um, we have a very unique opportunity where uh, we have a pre-PA mentorship club in which undergrad students or, you know, gap year students can apply to be a mentee. Uh, we pair them up with a PA student to where they uh, you know, have a mentor to help them through a the process of applying or b, you know, if they're a few years out, like helping them guide, you know, the way to apply and and get into PA school. Uh, so for me, I was our co-president um, my first year. Uh, at the same time, you know, I, I took on mentees that were outside of that club um, as well, and exactly like what Carl said, like you know, it was just all about paying it forward, all about, you know, making sure everybody else is good. Um, last year, man, I don't even, I lost count of how many pre-PA clubs I went to to go, you know, present at to A, share my story and B, you know, try to answer their questions and, and alleviate their worries and anxiety. Because uh, for me, you know, this is our profession and, and in the future, I want to make sure, you know, we have high quality applicants, high quality PA students, and therefore we have high quality clinicians, right? And so for me, I wanna make sure that they're good so that I know for sure our profession is gonna be good, right? Um, me planting the seed to help them out, hopefully will in turn have them help somebody else out down the road, right? Who, who might end up being, I don't know, my little brother or something like that, right? So it, it's all about, you know, paying it forward and helping the next generation, the next wave, as PAs have done for us and our mentors have done for us, you know. Um, so being able to do that is amazing. Um, aside from that, you know, just trying to help as many people out as I can. And I, I feel like the biggest thing is other people's success around me don't isn't dependent on my success or uh, vice versa. You know what I mean? Everybody can eat. Everybody can get their shine um, and do well, like so-and-so becoming a PA doesn't have a negative effect on me becoming a PA. So let's all, you know, reach our goals together. Again, making sure our profession is good. So that that's why I do what I do. And I mean, I, I love it, man. Um, this year as a uh, board member of Kappa, as the student rep, um, I'm looking to expand it to where, you know, I, I build that bridge between PAs and PA students, PA students and pre-PAs and, and vice versa, just because, again, this is this is the future of our profession and we got to make sure it's a strong one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Sato, uh, tell us a little bit about yeah, uh, how you're involved. I want to start off by saying, 
Carl, thank you for your service. Thank you for your support, uh, bro. You know, the, the selfless, this the selfless sacrifice that you know our military personnel, both active and veterans, have made. You know, allow people like me, who's not even a citizen of this country, you know, to pursue dreams that you know, I could never have dreamed right. of. You know, having to go back to Japan and do the same thing where I don't speak the language at an adequate level, where you know I would be able to become a, a physician or a, a nurse or any other kind of healthcare provider. So I want to say thank you for. Uh, uh, thank you for, for your support, bro. We done. all play a vital um, role. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, but in terms of you know what we do, um, I love how, you know how MBKU does the the kind of um, free PA mentoring. Um, I think uh, USC has like a pipeline program. Um, I can't remember if it was a community college or if it was in high school, but um, you know that's kind of the network that I want to be able to set up when I go back. I was just talking to my girlfriend last night about this. You know how I want to be able to start. Um, you know, go get a group of people. You know, whether it's a dental students, whether it's you know PT students, physicians, nurses, RTs, um, PAs, obviously, um, various healthcare professionals, and just be able to go to a high school. You know, and um, not you know kind of go towards the the lower SES high schools and let them know, hey, you know, there is a lot more to life than you know being where you are right now you know there's these various healthcare professions that you can go you know you can go to community college get a degree and work your way on up you know there's so many so many like different specialties and amazing fields out there where i know i feel like sometimes people might get trapped in the community that they live in and um you know if, if we can almost just create a pipeline and help people out you know um and especially if it's something that we're passionate about i think we can make a big difference that way. And at the same time, we're, you know, we're, we're helping them out early on in their, in their education. So we can guide them and be mentors to them, you know, things that we never had. Um, and then the second thing is just the, the sheer amount of pre-PA clubs out there now. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, UCLA has one. We never had a pre-PA club right. when I was there um, 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Um, you know, UCLA has one. I see one at a, you know, Cal State, Long Beach, you got Fullerton, you got all, over, all these Cal State schools, yeah. you got UC Irvine, yeah, UCSD, you got all these California schools that have, you know, these pre-PA clubs and, you know, they're doing so much for the pre-PA community, helping people out, um, you know, trying to be able to be a part of that, help them out as well, whether it's, a, you know, doing a conference for them, um, just getting a group of PAs and just being able to talk to them. Um, that would be my optimal goal once I move back home in three, four months. Yeah, I think everything that you guys have said uh, resonates and aligns with with my core beliefs. Uh, I think there's something to be said for uh, the outreach component is absolutely vital, but also being in the spaces, you know, being, uh, you know, a Japanese provider for those kids puts you, you know, as like, it, it, it make it kind of solidifies it in, in their mind, like, you know, this provider looks like me, we share a culture, we share beliefs, like, if you can do it, then I can do it too. Looking back to the providers that I saw growing up, I can probably, probably say I saw less than three Latino providers in total. Um, so I think being in those spaces, uh, you know, having these platforms, sharing our voices, sharing our experiences is also a form of outreach. Um, Cause outreach looks, you know, it's, it, it, it can look different 
differently uh, depending on the method you you take. And I think each method does, each method contributes a lot to the end goal, which is to give back to our communities, help others rise up because everybody can eat. This isn't right. a competition. We were helped along the way. I definitely was helped a lot. And, and now in turn, I want to do the same thing, right. you know, give back. Um, I mean, I think you hit a really good point there, you know, of having a provider that, um, you know, looks similar to you or even, even in, in a, a better sense, speaks the same language as you, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you get it um, with a lot of the Hispanic population that even lives in North Carolina, you know, um, where a lot of them don't, may not speak English, you know, to a fluency where you can have, you know, a conversation with them and be able to have them um, understand everything you're saying in terms of like what medications they're taking, you know, risk benefits and all that kind of stuff. And you can tell when you have that conversation with someone in their own native tongue, you know, their face lights up differently. And um, I mean, I think that's, you know, especially with the Hispanic population, we definitely need to get more Hispanic individuals out there that speak Spanish, you know, because there is a large Hispanic population in the underserved community. Same with the car with you know, the black, the black community. Um, there's definitely a large, you know, population out there that, you know, really needs more, um, you know, providers that can help them out and someone that understands, you know, culturally um, included, you know, where they're coming from. Part, part of the of the challenge is making sure that the healthcare um, industry reflects, you know, our communities. And that was a big component of why I decided ultimately to go to PA school. It's if I have the opportunity to go to PA school and I'm interested in medicine and I can do, you know, I can benefit, I can touch a lot of, of, of communities and lives, then, then why not do it? It's time for this episode's MRP, the Minority Report Pearl. These are valuable tips from the Minority Report that are relevant to this episode's topic of discussion. All right, guys, so the Minority yeah. Report Pearls for today is networking. Okay, so that's something that, you know, I kind of continuously say that really has kind of helped me get to where I'm at today. Um, you know, sometimes they say it's not what you know, sometimes it's who you know, and, you know, that cannot be further from the truth. Uh, there's a lot of people I've met along the way um, that kind of has paid it forward and gave me their knowledge, you know, their expertise, and made it, you know, just a little bit easier for me. And again, so that's why, you know, we're on here today, because we want to pass our knowledge and our experiences on to you guys you know so again you want to continue to build networking and then any any of you guys have some other kind of additions to that yeah i'd say people people want to help you know whether it's having a conversation over a cup of coffee um jumping on a zoom call you know you have questions you have doubts there are people who want to help so it's just a matter of, of reaching out uh because you know there there's been such a such a boom especially in the pa field and i see so many active voices on instagram alone never hesitate to reach out i mean the worst thing that can happen to you is the person ignores your message i mean there's no you know there's no public shaming there's nothing that's going to happen to you so you know reach out you know most people are nice enough to respond to you and um you know you never know one connection can lead to another what can lead to you know a future job or you know a spot in a PA program. So you never know where it can go. So, you know, take every opportunity you can get and try to forge some uh, solid networks and some solid connections. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, along the lines with that, 
it can be a positive thing and it can also be a negative thing. So make sure you don't burn your bridges. Make sure, you know, you develop a good connection with people, genuine connection, and, you know, never burn your bridges because you never know who's reading your application, who's uh, touring you on an interview, whatever it may be. So um, just always be sure to network, create your network, have a strong network. Um, with like-minded people and people who you can help and who can help you as well. So with that, you know, network with us. Shout us out on your Instagram. Shout us out on your stories. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, go ahead and screenshot you listening to it. Tag us in your stories and also send us whatever questions you guys might have that you want us to cover on future episodes, whatever topics you guys think that we should cover as the minority report and you know we appreciate you guys listening taking the time out of your day to really listen to our stories and and also try to build this network and build this community together my name is carl and you can reach me on instagram at white coat black my name is carlos cano and you can reach me on instagram at thefit.pa.s my name is sato and you can reach me on instagram at hardworkpaysoff29 my name is Aaron, and you can reach me at Aaron Anchor on Instagram. A A R O N A N G K O R.